0: Welcome to Today on Broadway for Wednesday, July 17th, 2019. I'm Broadway World's Matt Tamanini.
1: And I'm arts and culture writer Ashley Steves.
0: Uh, Ashley, we've got to uh, speed this up a little bit. The final event of the 2019 World Series of Poker is currently oh. going on, and the greatest tournament poker player of all time, Phil Hellmuth, is currently at the final table. He sits fourth in chips uh, out of six in the $5,000 No Limit Hold'em Turbo event. Uh, so I've got to follow along with that. And then at 10 o'clock... On Tuesday night, the final three players in the, the $10,000 main event uh, are going to play down. So, uh, let's... Uh, you
1: know, it's, it's good to see where your priorities lie.
0: Yeah, there's no doubt. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, Ashley, as we get into the news today, it seems like one of those bubble bursters that I mentioned in yesterday's episode found its way over... ...to the Brooks Atkinson Theatre because on Tuesday we learned that Waitress will close down the diner on Sunday, January 5th of 2020. By the time that it ends its run, it will have played 1,577 performances, and it is already the longest-running show in the house's storied history. In addition to the Broadway production, the show is currently on a North American tour and playing London's Adelphi Theatre in the West End... ...and will be opening up in Australia and Holland in 2020 and in Japan in 2021... Now, Ashley Allison Luff takes over as Jenna next week, but the question is whether she will remain with the show until closing, or if Sarah Bareilles, maybe Jesse Mueller, or perhaps some other star from the show's history or someone new to the show will end up closing out the run. For what it's worth, Bareilles' fall tour will wrap up in Atlanta on November 26th. I'm seeing her in Orlando on the 24th, so she could come in for the final month, but She will be coming off of a fairly grueling two month tour, so I'm not sure if she'll be up for that. Um, Actually, if it's not Borellis, who would you like to see close out the show? Luff, Mueller, Betsy Wolf, Kat McPhee, somebody else? Patty Lapone? (laughs)
1: Patty Lapone. I do. I definitely hope Barellis comes back. I was definitely eyeing her tour to see if it was going to line up with everything that was happening. I can't even predict who they're going to have come in to close it out because there's been so many weird casting things that have happened with the show. I doubt Luff will close it out. Mueller yeah. would be nice. I didn't get to see her when she was on. I saw Sarah Barellis, so that was always exciting.
0: Yeah, I would love to see Mueller come into it, and in. I saw. Sara Bareilles, but uh, the second time I saw the show, the first time I saw Stephanie Torns, oh, who nice. is the understudy who actually kind of like fills in between like principal Jenna. So she does three mm-hmm. weeks here, four weeks there. She was phenomenal. So is Borelles. So yeah. I think whomever they end up Putting in that role to close out the show, whether it's love for somebody else, is going to be fantastic. Uh, For what it's worth, Jason Mraz also wraps up his tour on November 24th. So he could come back as Dr. Pomodoro, or perhaps we'll see Gavin Creel or Drew Galing return. Or maybe, just maybe, slight chance perhaps, we could see what a large portion of the fans want. And that is a female Dr. Pomodoro to close out the show. Not holding my breath.
1: I'm that large portion of fans.
0: Yeah, I, I'm I'm. I'm not holding my so, breath on that one. But, I mean, Carmen Cusack doing the role for a little bit. Yes. I mean, that would be fun.
1: I love it. I love it. You can give it to Katrina Lenk, too. Oh, that would be good, too. Yeah. yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Maybe put those two in rep. They can alternate Pomodoro and Jenna every performance. Love it. Love it. Done. So, We're, seriously, why are we not producers we between all the good we... stuff we had yesterday and today?
1: Right? Yes. Ka- Katrina Lenk and Waitress and uh, Book of Mormon Jr. We're I mean, ready to go.
0: Seriously, printing money.
1: <laughs> I do. As far as Waitress, though, I really, you know, I hope no one underestimates its, its importance, the fact that we've, you know, 4 years ago had a show with the first all-female principal creative team, and it's not like we've exactly had a slew of musicals since then where that's been the case. It's Town, and that's it. It's a musical I I love a lot and a movie I love dearly, led by women and designed by women. And it's run for four years, I think. And I said the same thing about Constitution, what the Constitution means to me earlier today regarding it recouping. But producers have a specific idea in their head about what sells. I don't think they really expected that of Waitress. They certainly didn't expect that of Constitution. Uh, Waitress is now the longest show that's ever run at the Brooks Atkinson it's brought a lot of unexpected and interesting, for better or worse, stars into the fold. Al Roker. And, yeah, Al Roker. <laughs> for sure, Al Roker. I'll be sad to see it go, It's but it's had a really great run.
0: Yeah, I've said many times of the show, I, I don't know what it is about this show. I can't put my finger on it, but I, it yeah. holds a special place in my heart. It's just a, a really touching show that I wish I could have seen everybody who's played yes. Jenna, because they all bring yes. something special to a really interesting, complex role that you don't often to get to see in musicals, because a lot of times the m- lead characters in musicals, especially musical... I, I think you can call this a musical comedy. Yeah. Um, they're kind of flat and, and yes. two-dimensional. Literally no one in this show is... is I don't know. Is, typical, is cardboard. Typical
1: musical theater, yeah. Yeah, they're
0: all... Messy, <laughs> to to quote uh, yeah. uh, to quote the lyrics from the show, um, you know all of them, you know, including the people you're supposed to root for in Doctor so. Pomatter and Jenna. So uh, I really love the show. I love the score. I'm looking forward to seeing Cerebrellis in concert um, and hoping I can get to see this show uh, again sometime, whether it's on Broadway or not. But um, moving on to something else here, Ashley, because mm-hmm. we now know that the Brooks is going to be vacant i'm gonna go i'm gonna put my official guess on this is where six is going to end up the Ooh. reason i say that is because some of the other things i talked about with like the lyceum or the long those are going to be open in the fall this is one nice. that we know is not going to be open until january six and we've already speculated as of yesterday they actually confirmed that the chicago slash art cast will be the cast that plays edmonton citadel theater They're going to be there through the end of November. Perhaps they extend a little bit into December. That gives them plenty of time to take the holidays off, circle back for uh, three weeks, a month of rehearsals, tech at the Brooks, and then begin performances sometime in February or March. So I think the calendar for this lines up really well for this to be where six opens on Broadway. Now, the Brooks, 1,100-ish seats, Mm -hmm. I still think too large um i still think they're making a mistake by not bringing in some theater stars maybe some folks who have played jenna <laughs> to, uh, <laughs> to 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 be in the show but uh i think the momentum for this show is to come in this season and i think this lines up with what we know of their production schedule
1: yeah i think it's a good fit as far as scheduling and you know there's still time for them to recast it we'll see what happens but as of now Yeah, it's it's a little it's a little too big for six.
0: Yeah, that's that's my opinion. But okay, moving from a show exiting Broadway to one apparently coming to Broadway yesterday in an interview with Good Morning Britain, the right honorable the Lord Lloyd Webber revealed that his new adaptation of Cinderella will be coming to Broadway next year he didn't specify spring or fall of 2020 but as i told you all before they held a few days of presentations in london earlier this year that welcomed basically every major producer and theater owner both in the u.s and the uk so much so that they had to have a waiting list just to get in to the other palace where uh, which is a small off west end theater that uh, andrew lloyd weber owns The musical features lyrics by David Zippel and a book by actress and writer Emerald Fennel. And in this retelling, Cinderella is a feisty, fiery princess who falls in love with an awkward oddball named Sebastian and features a gay love story involving Prince Charming and a duke. Obviously, there are tons of different versions of Cinderella and basically every culture has their own versions, but this is definitely one that will be different, not even in just the the gay love story, just the fact that Cinderella is starting out as a princess rather than uh, you know, a chambermaid stepdaughter kind of thing. But the London backers auditioned featured uh, Carrie Hope Fletcher as Cinderella, Ruthie Henshaw as the Queen, and more. Now, actually, I'm I'm not exactly dying for a new ALW musical, but if he is saying that he is bringing it to Broadway, I, I mean, he's got enough money and cachet to produce it on his own, pretty much in whatever house he wants. So I'm just gonna take him at his word and figure this is gonna be on Broadway at some time in 2020.
1: Yeah, I think what he says pretty much goes at this point. I feel like, I mean, I'm very biased in that I do not like Andrew Lloyd Webber musicals. But I, from the description, I feel like I'm going to hate every second of this.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you, you are biased. Um, and, and... And I, I wonder if the bias would be less if he didn't share a birthday with Stephen Sondheim. Like, Would the rivalry between them be as feverish if they didn't have that weird... Idiosyncratic fact about themselves.
1: I mean, if as if Andrew Lloyd weber's plagiarism Wikipedia article <clears> wasn't long enough, he has to copy Stephen Sondheim's birthday.
0: Well, absurd. I mean, <laughs> blame on his parents.
1: Well, I'm gonna blame him. But you know, you know, I I, I, I at least have some hope with it being written by Emerald fennel who is. Showrunner of Killing Eve from the second season onward, although I haven't seen second season of Killing Eve.
0: And uh, uh, what's the um, oh, what's the show she was on? Um, C- call midwife.
1: Yeah, call the midwife. Call
0: the midwife. Okay.
1: Yeah, and then you have David Zippel, who I am a fan of City of Angels. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. It's another Cinderella take, and I'm of the who cares camp.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think I said this before. Like between Cinderella. and... Alice in Wonderland, Wizard mm-hmm. of Oz. We just, we don't need more versions of that. But, okay, real quick random fact that is very thinly sourced. Um, I, I'm always pretty suspect of these things, even though my brother and I like to uh, play the guessing game with them. But just mm-hmm. off the top of your head, what do you think that Andrew Lloyd Webber's net worth is?
1: Oh, God, too much. Uh... Just give me a number. Like... $50 billion at this point. <laughs> I, mean, I feel like that's a
0: joke, but um, actually, the, the multiple sites that I've seen online, which are probably just all sourcing from the same source,
1: yeah.
0: uh, said $1.2 billion. Oh, God.
1: Yeah. Good for yeah. him. Yeah. Good for him, indeed. Spread, <laughs> spread the wealth.
0: Yeah. All right, Ashley. So moving from stage to screen, yesterday, the 71st annual Emmy Award nominations were announced and some recognizable theater names were honored. One of the biggest stories, especially for us, is the fact that FX's Fosse Verdon picked up 17 nominations, including one for Outstanding Limited Series and performance nods for both Sam Rockwell and Michelle Williams. Tony winner Billy Porter was also nominated for his role in Pose, a series which picked up six nominations of its own. Phoebe Waller-Bridge, who actually created and was the showrunner for the first season of uh, Killing Eve, which you mentioned a minute ago. She was nominated for lead actress in a comedy series for starring in Fleabag, another show which she created and wrote and show ran. The second season was nominated for 11 Emmys. Musical comedy series Crazy Ex-Girlfriend received two nominations, one for original music and lyrics and another for original main title theme song. Theater favorites Tony Shalhoub and Rachel Brosnahan both picked up nominations for playing father and daughter on The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Springsteen on Broadway earned two nominations in the Outstanding Variety Special pre-recorded category. (laughs) And this is going to be fun. Rent on Fox received five nominations in the Variety Special live category which is
1: (laughs) hilarious
0: to me um (laughs) documentary now earned a nomination for best original lyrics and music for its parody episode of the uh documentary on company's cast album called co-op uh which is great and actually i've never talked to you about that i'm sure you loved that
1: i adored it (laughs) yep
0: and uh other theater names that picked up nominations include Viola Davis, Laura Lenny, Cicely Tyson, Felicia Rashad, Cherry Jones, Christina Applegate, Amelia Clark, Henry Winkler, Peter Dinklage, Chris Sullivan, Olivia Coleman, Betty Gilpin, Anna Klumsky, Fiona Shaw, who picked up two nominations, Robert De Niro, Michael McKeon, Ron Cephas Jones, Emma Thompson, and Jessica Lange. Also, Anthony Hopkins was nominated for playing Lear and King Lear. Actually, we will have the complete list of nominations in the show notes if you want to check out all of the other things, including some of the series nominations and things like that. But mm-hmm. um, as always, James and I always talk about this with the Emmys and the Oscars. The theatrical cream generally rises to the top.
1: Absolutely. See, we don't need all those Hollywood people coming to Broadway. We can do the reverse <laughs> of it.
0: Yeah, but some of those Hollywood Sh- people. It's not important. Yeah, it. yeah, yeah, so, <laughs> all right. Uh, okay, so uh, let's close out the show here, actually with a few other pieces of news. Yesterday, the New York Theatre Workshop announced the final two shows of the 2019-2020 season, and they are pretty exciting. The first is the New York premiere of Celine Song's play Endlings, which will play in the winter of 2020 under the direction of Sammy Canold. Then the season will conclude next spring with a production of Anton Chekhov's Three Sisters, directed by Tony winner Sam Gold, starring Golden Globe winner Oscar Isaac and Academy Award nominee Greta Gerwig. That's uh, those are some nice Hollywood names coming coming to do a little off Broadway show at NYTW.
1: I know it's good casting. I like it a lot. And then you've got you know the age of Chekhov continues. Yeah, at least
0: this is an actual production of Chekhov, not a mar- modern sure. comedic riff on it, which. Whatever. Uh, (laughs) Also yesterday, Jack Vertel announced that following the 2020 season, he will step down as the artistic director of New York City Center's Encore series. His final season, which will be his 20th in the position, will feature Mac and Mabel, Love Life, and an updated Thoroughly Modern Millie. And finally, yesterday, The Hollywood Reporter reported that Boy Bander turned actor Harry Styles is in negotiations to play... Prince Eric in the upcoming live-action adaptation of *The Little Mermaid* opposite Halle Bailey, Ashley again, mm. pop music. Um, yeah. But it does seem that Styles has the requisite swooshy hair to play the role of Prince Eric.
1: <laughs> I'm clearly not the target audience for this movie, but that is certainly the quickest way to get a lot of people into those theaters mm-hmm. to cast Harry Styles.
0: Yeah, story of my life.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> that's a, That's a One Direction reference.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So you do know popular music.
0: I mean, it's hard to escape that.
1: Uh-huh, sure. Confirmed One Direction fan. <laughs> that's kind of name. Do they
0: have like a fandom name like
1: I think it's the Directioners, oh, which is la- lazy at best, but don't quote me as far as if that's their actual name. I'm pretty sure it is. That's one of the worst things I've ever heard. <laughs> Matt, uh, send your uh, complaints directioners <laughs> to Matt uh, at
0: <laughs> my my Twitter. My Twitter handle is at James Marino.
1: Yes, you. exactly. Send your hate mail.
0: Yeah. All right. That's all I've got for today. Thanks for listening to today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWW Matt Ashley. Where can people find you?
1: You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at No, this is Ashley.
0: Have a great Hump Day, everybody. Ashley and I will be back to talk to you on Thursday, and who knows, maybe we'll have some more breaking news to discuss at that point.
1: Ooh Miss Cleo strikes again.